Do you have any needs this morning? If you have any needs, I want to tell you that my God shall supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'm so blessed this morning. My friend, my brother, Pastor Leo is here. Uh, He's been uh, so good to us. We never feel like he's gone. He always checks on us. He, this Christmas, he sent me a package of books. Then I shared that with Elder Wilton, and he said, me too. <laughs> That's how good he is. Oh, what a joy to have you and family here. Uh, this is your place, Pastor. I, I'm almost about to tear, but I'm just like, okay, maybe God wants me to say something. Uh, to this congregation this this morning. Dr. Muga, she's here, Pastor Muga, and uh, we know you are in our presence, and uh, may God bless you for your dedication for this church. You have many options where you can go and worship, but I know you chose to be with us here. Let's pray this morning. Our Father and our God, we give you thanks today for your goodness and grace that you have extended towards us. We have come into this house and gathered and praise, uh, to praise and worship you. That's the only reason why we're here. Now I pray that you separate that which is of the flesh from that which is of the spirit as we impart words of information and inspiration, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jackson is also here this morning. I see him is in the corner right there. We've got three pastors here. I also want to say thank you to my my fellow elders. Uh, We have such a good team. We have such a good team. New Year is a time to say goodbye and a time to say hello. Don't think of opportunities you have missed in the last year. This year is brand new. You have a fresh page. Choose your actions wisely, your words wisely, as you fill it up, as you fill those unwritten pages in your book. So that next year, as you go through your notes, whatever you wrote will be worth reading. Folks, when God gets you through, quit looking back. You are already in 2019. 2020? Oh my goodness, I'm still stuck. So that means I'm still looking back. I'm glad you are listening. So whatever problems and hurts you did incur, it's now in the, in the past. 
It's like Pastor Leo and me, we shared some notes. He just came here and he just delivered. But some of you are saying, oh, you don't know what I went through. I understand. But you came out. You came out. Let's not build monuments to pain rather than build altars of praise. Some people are so obsessed with pain. If you say hello, the first thing they will tell you, oh, you don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. Let's not build monuments to pain when we can build altars of praise. God having got us through this far, First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Let's put it up there, brother. Brother Payne, appreciate it. I have my friend this morning in this place. His name is Mr. Manika. Mr. Manika, please raise your, your hand. That's my best friend ever. He showed up today. Can we read it? I want us all to read. Like Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. That was so good. That was so good. Let's read it like Jennifer. And Jabez was more. And. Your reading, I give you an F. So bad. So bad. Can we try again? And Jabez. All right. And Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave him back to, uh, to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, All oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. And keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And God granted his request. Because God is a pain taker. I, I quote this from the Gators. If you have been walking this same old road for miles and miles, if you have been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you are trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. If you, uh, if you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or serving, he's a prison-shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. That's the God that I recommend to you this morning. 
the journey of this man named Jabez, when we read the first sentence, we find out that he ended up being more honorable than his brothers. But when we read the second sentence of this passage, we realize that he had a journey that was quite significant. Because his mother named him based on the painful delivery process in bringing him into this world. She named him Causes Pain. You see, when you're going through pain, sometimes you kind of stop thinking. From reading, I learned. This was just my research. Pain during labor is different for every woman. It varies widely from woman to woman and even from pregnancy to pregnancy. Ladies, you understand better what I'm talking about. Women experience labor, in, uh, uh, labor pain in dif- uh, differently. But after giving birth, there's always a story. All of you, you have, you have a testimony of how your mother delivered you. Whether it was a scheduled caesarean delivery or it was an unscheduled delivery or maybe it was just a natural bad delivery, but there's always pain. There's always pain. And I'm talking about all of us who want to have a good testimony such as this passage, testifies well of Jabez, that he was an honorable man. If you want to have a good testimony, don't be surprised if first you have to go through some tests. You have to go through some tests because testimonies are made out of tests that you go through successfully. His mother perhaps had the very best intentions, but it was an ill-advised decision to name her son after this experience. Because what she did was she put a permanent tag on on, on, on a temporary trauma. Yes, it's painful, but this boy was going to carry this name all his life. She built a lasting monument by naming him Causes Pain. Something that she only went through for a brief period of time. learn a few lessons from the poor decision in naming her son. Remember that God's grace is sufficient. 
When you are going through traumatic experiences, when you have difficult seasons that you have got to get through in your life, always remember that God's grace is sufficient. He promised that he will give you grace to get you through what you have to go through. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10, he said, the messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me because of the abundance of revelation God had given me. There was the balance of this thorn in the flesh. Thorn in flesh. And this messenger of Satan that buffeted me and tormented me, and he said, Paul said, I asked God three times, please remove this from my life. And God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient. And I want you to know, as in the case with Paul, so is the case with you, that we too will find God's grace is sufficient for all that we have to go through. And if we draw into it, if we, if we tape into God's grace, he's saying, my grace is sufficient. If we draw into it, we will find that God has the power to get you through what you have to go through. Now, you got to cooperate with that. We got to cooperate with that. You can't draw into grace while you are doing things wrong. For instance, there are a lot of people who are kind of stuck in a place of depression. And you have got to decide, am I going to ask God to give me grace about this? which otherwise will be depressed about. You got to choose. You got to choose. You got to choose to walk in the grace of God. If you choose to walk in the depression, depression is going to overcome and overwhelm you. If you choose to walk in anxiety, that's going to overcome and overwhelm you. So, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul said, now about the problems in your life. He said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. So you got to give it over to God. In other words, if you want to draw into grace that's sufficient, you have to take what you will worry about, what you will be depressed about, what you will have anxiety about, and you pray about it, and you give it to God. And you say, Lord, I exchange my trouble for your grace. Let me give you that same principle from an Old Testament passage in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, speaking on behalf of God, Say to Israel, Isaiah 43, verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. 
And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over or sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I love that promise God gave to Israel and gives also to you and me this morning. He said, when you pass through the waters. Now, I know some of you wish if there was a better translation that says, if you pass through the waters. But I want to let you know that I checked it out ahead of time. There is no such translation. It says when you pass through. That's a very credible translation of the original Hebrew. It says when you pass through, not if. So, ladies and gentlemen, this simply means whether you like it or not, every now and then you are going to pass through some waters. Every now and then you are going to pass through some rivers. Every now and then you are going to find yourself walking through some fiery trials. It's guaranteed. I remember Pastor Leo preaching over here saying it's either you are out of these problems or you are getting into these, uh, these fiery trials. But there's a promise for you this morning. Look at the promise. The promise is when that happens, when that happens, whatever is bothering you, when that happens, God says, don't worry. Don't worry about the fact that you are in the water or you are in the fire. He said, I'm going to be with you. If you are in a bad place, you must be happy because you have some company. Because God is saying, I'll be with you in the river, in the water, in the fire. If you are in a bad season of your life, just realize that God said, don't worry. You are not in here by yourself. I'm right here with you. And the Lord is never, and the Lord is never an innocent bystander. Whenever we find ourselves in a difficult place and we are saying we walk with him, we know him as our Savior and Lord, he said, I'll never leave you alone. He said, I'll never forsake you. One of the reasons you ought to get saved, in case you are not saved yet, is because God says, when you belong to me, I belong to you. And every time you go through the water, every time you go through the fire, I'm right there with you. I didn't come here to tell you anything new, if you are looking for something so new and... No. It's the same word. And I'm not... God is saying here, I'm not there just to drown with you. 
I saw another brother called Chansey. Uh, he dived into the Caribbean Sea right in the middle, and he was busy snorkeling in there. And I was praying for him because I knew the fishes could lick your feet. But God is saying here, I'll be with you. I'm not going to let you drown. He said, I'm going to get you through. The waters will not sweep over you. The idea now is for you to be so overcome by the water, like a person in the process of drowning, until you can't surface. And you need to get to that place where you can get air, but God is saying here, you are not going to drown. He said, that will never happen when you belong to me. I will let you go through the water, but I will not let the water get into you. Because the only reason why you drown is because the water got into you. And I want to say this morning, that's a wonderful promise. Because you know, you are not going to drown. Because God has never drowned himself. He walked on the water. And God says, I will let you get in the water. But I won't let the water get, it, get into you. I will let you go through the trial, but I won't let the trial overwhelm you. I will let you walk through the fire, but I'm going to give you the ability to walk through without being burned. I don't know about you, but that's a promise I accept from the Lord. And so we have to know that this, uh, his grace is, is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. God says, I'll get you through what you have got, you got to go through. And so Jabez's mother did not realize that God's grace has been sufficient. She didn't focus on the fact that God had gotten her through this experience. Yes, child delivery is very painful. But she focused on the pain of it. She looked at what she did accidentally. She has already come through it, right? The boy is here. She delivered. The son is now in her hands. Yes, she's going through some child, the after effects. It's painful. We all understand. I, I'm not trying to... to to, to make this light. It's painful to go to, to, to deliver uh, uh, children. It's painful. But she was so much stuck in that. And she gave this boy a name called Jabez because you cause me pain. Yes, there was trauma. But the trauma was just temporary. Yes, you may be going through your fires and your trials. It's just temporary to what God has in store for you. 
Let's think this out. Obviously, she had an awful childbirth experience, a traumatic process of getting this boy into the world. She must have been screaming and hollering and carrying on. But at the point of naming, she got him through it. She got him through it. The boy is here. The pain is subsiding. The gift is in her hands. I know that maybe, maybe she was all, not all the way uh, through. But still, she had the baby in her hands. Now think about it. Once you have had traumatic birth experiences, getting your children into the world, after it was over, you might have had some leftover pain. I get that. But it wasn't up to that same level. It's over. You pushed these babies out. The baby is now in your hands. And then it's time to give the baby a name. And then she says, you cause me pain. You cause me pain. And so now she got the boy holding. Let me show you what she did. She did not honor the sufficient grace of God in the naming of the child. She could have named that boy anything. God brought me through pain. She could have named him, praise God, he's a deliverer. She could have named him Emmanuel, God with us. Or Noah, meaning rest. Or maybe Andrew, meaning brave. Or maybe she could have named him Elijah. My God is Yahweh, prophet and miracle worker. I mean, those Hebrew names, they have some great significance. Names that give God praises. God saves. God delivers. God heals and all that. But she chose to name this boy, you cause me pain. And when you realize God's grace is sufficient in your life, realize that you have now the potential to move on and you don't have to turn around and reflect and remember. Oh yes, the testimony will be there. But make sure you shape the testimony in such a way that you are acknowledging that you are out of the pain. I'm out of it now. I have come through it now. Oh, it was rough. But by the grace of God, I have come through it. That's all I'm saying this morning. That's all I'm saying this morning. And you know, back in the day, what the old saints did. That's why some of those songs we grew up singing. You remember those songs? We grew up singing. You might have taken them for granted now, but at a certain point in my life, in your life, you ought to look back and say, 
who those songs were good. Think about this song. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion, thy fell not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand had provided. Great is thy faithfulness. The church I grew up, I did see the choir walking through the center aisle. And the choir will be coming up to the stage to take their position. They just didn't walk. They will sing a song as they take their position. And the, the atmosphere in the church will just change. You feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we're here to praise God. It doesn't matter what you have gone through. That's what Pastor Leo was saying in his prayer. It doesn't matter. But you're here now. Instead of you uh, probably uh, obsessing over your pain, maybe you need to obsess with praising God. Sing his praises. And one of those songs... I used to hear the choir, like I said, the choir did not just come to the front. You did see them standing there, they get in position, the organ would strike up, and they would sing their way in. And one of the songs was praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of all creation. Oh, my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear now to his temple. I'll be with you. I'm not going to, I'm going to see it to it that you go through it. Lesson two. Now, let's look at a second lesson here. We can learn because, again, you learn in the scripture from good and bad examples. And you also learn from their mistakes. So the Bible says things written for a time are written for our learning. You are supposed to learn from everybody in the scripture. Things that people did right and things that people did wrong. And this woman, this was an ill-advised decision. I'm sure she meant well, but this was an ill-advised decision, so we are learning how to do it better. When we deal with our traumatic experiences, we don't want to make the same mistake that Jabez's mother made. So remember that God's grace is sufficient. Number two, speak words of faith and conviction. When you are dealing with your traumatic experiences, when you are in the thick of something difficult, 
Learn to speak words of faith and conviction. I am more convinced that ever than ever that if we want to experience God's promised land and God's best for our lives, we got to learn to speak in a way that is consistent with where God is taking us to such a place. I'm concerned that we have a generation of believers that speak doubt and unbelief and fear. We speak problems. We magnify all the wrong things. And then when we expect, then we expect God to help us when instead we need to learn to get our mouth and our confession in line with the God we serve. The God who has promised to take us to a higher heights. Now I realize there are people in the body of Christ, there are teachers in the body of Christ, who overdo this business of confession. I know I get it. I've had some of them uh, do real damage. I've had some uh, legalistic faith teachers just talk about, you have to be so very careful about every syllable that comes out of your mouth and all that. I understand. And you know, some of them just take it to extremes. I get it. I've also heard some of that, but I'm suggesting that a lot of us have to go, have, have got to learn to speak right. Learn to speak right. Our language is doubt and fear. Our language is pain and hurts. And we need to begin to speak the language of forward thinking and forward movement. And here's what God has done. That's what you have to say. Here is what God has done about what I'm going through. And here's what God will do. I need to learn to say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Let me give you in scripture form. Psalms 91 verse 1 and 2. The psalmist says here, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. See, you got to learn to say what God says. And the word of the Lord says, even when you are going through something tough, rather than spending all your time talking about the tough stuff you are going through, say of the Lord, yeah, I might be in a storm, but I found a refuge. You know, every now and then you walk in the storm, but there is a shelter in the time of storm. Hymn number 528 says, The Lord, our rock, in him we hide, a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever ill betide, a shelter in the time of the storm. Mighty rock in a weary land, cooling shade on the burning sun, faithful guide for the pilgrim band, a shelter in the time of storm. Verse 2 says, a shed by day, 
defense by night, a shelter in the time of storm. No fears alarm, no foes affright, a shelter in the time of the storm. And that's what the psalmist says here. I found a shelter. I found in God a shelter. In God. King James says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. I found a secret place. The other folk don't know it. They are out there walking in the rain. They don't know about it. But I found a secret place in God. I am a person under the shadow of the Almighty. And the psalmist has said, while I'm here, I'm going to say something. I'm not going to talk about how bad this storm is. I'm going to say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Thank you, Lord, that you are my secret place. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not losing my mind. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not going crazy. Other folk going through what I'm going through have lost their mind. But, but I thank you, O oh God Almighty. Oh thank you that you are keeping me in perfect peace. That should be your prayer this morning. I thank you that while I keep my mind on you, I found a secret place. I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my God, in him I trust. If you got to learn, you got to learn to speak words of faith, uh, conviction, and blessing. We got to learn to say the right thing. Some of us have jacked up language. That is largely responsible for us staying in a bad place. You are saying all the wrong things. You are barely aching about all the problems instead of talking about the solution. And God is trying to move us. Move us on and we got to learn to speak consistently with where we are going. Here's what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word and in deed, friends, your words do things. Your words do things. When you are running your mouth out there, your words do things. Your words do things. I want you to realize your words have more significance than many of us have ever thought about. Your words are making a difference for good or for bad. You already know that some level that your words, your words can aid or they can hinder. Your words can heal, or they can hurt. Your words can encourage, and your words can discourage. Your words can motivate, and your words can demotivate. Your words can instill hope, 
and your words can instill despair. It's all a question of what you say. And we know that. We know that. I want you to think back on your own history. There are two categories of people who are easily recalled in your minds. People who spoke words that were helpful, encouraging, and affirming. Words that help you get through some crisis. You remember that. Words that built you up when you were down. Words that gave you fresh courage when fear was trying to envelop your heart and mind. We can all think of people who spoke words to us that were very helpful. So words do things. And we can also think of another category of folk who spoke words that hurt deeply, words that wounded you. And we remember both categories of people. You might have forgotten a whole lot of folk you have run into in your life. But those two categories, you always remember. You always remember. Sometimes compliments come from an enemy setting you up. But sometimes wounds can come from a friend who's helping you heal. And they have to tell you something that's hard. Just make sure your words are full of grace. You make sure they are seasoned with salt. Here's another scripture to go with. Psalms 20 verse 4. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. This is a brand new year. And remember to read Psalms 20 verse 4. Friends, help is always available. But you, you have to know where to get it. The hour of mercy is now. Perhaps you think that your condition is beyond repair. Another song from the Gather says, Come ye sinners, lost and lonely. Jesus' blood can make you free. For he served the worst among you when he served a wretch like me. To the faint he giveth power, through the mountains makes a way, findeth water in the desert, turns the night to golden day. And I know, yes I know, Jesus' blood can make the violent sinner clean. In temptation he is near thee, hold the power of hell at bay. Guides you to the path of safety. Gives you grace for every day. And I know, yes I know, Jesus' blood can make the violent sinner clean. Friends, I have come to tell you, God's grace is sufficient to you. Because you are a child of the king. His royal blood now flows in your veins, in my veins. And I who was wretched, now I can sing. Praise God, praise God, I am a child of the King. Amen. 
Let's build altars of praise rather than build monuments to pain. Let's call upon the Lord anytime, anytime. There is no call waiting when you're on your knees. There's, you don't need a receptionist, no lines, no busy lines, no lines disconnected due to non-payment. No, you can just go on your knees. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save the crushed in spirit. May the grace of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May God bless the reading of his word.